Have you been thinking about wanting to start your own podcast? When I was trying to get the Evan Witt show off the ground, trying to find where to go, I had a lot of questions and trying to figure it out. And Anchor was the place to go. Easy to start, easy to use, and it's free. And you can get your podcast heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other great places that people like to listen. The answer, again, is Anchor. And I love using Anchor as it's extremely easy and simple and free to use. If you want to join me with Anchor on your podcast, then go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of all the podcasters that Anchor has to offer. I enjoy and cannot wait to start hearing your first podcast. That's anchor.fm slash start. Hello, happy Saturday. It's Saturday, September 15th, and this is another episode of the Evan Witt podcast. I want to thank you all for who listening to this show and for all that who has listened to past episodes. I appreciate the support of all the, the listeners. And, you know, if you do want to give me some feedback, please go uh, and rate uh, the podcast on iTunes. If you listened on iTunes, please rate it and let me know what you think. And uh, let me know what what you would like to see more. Um, you know, this is a Wisconsin-centered uh, podcast, talking a lot of Packers, Badgers, uh, Brewers, whatnot. And today, going to stick mostly to football. Going to talk a little bit about Milwaukee Brewers, who are in a pennant race. Uh, they are chasing the Chicago Cubs to uh, not not just get into the playoffs as a wild card, which about two weeks ago. Ish, most people would have thought the only hope the Brewers had was the wild card, but they are now currently sitting at two games out of first place uh, and having a chance to get first place. Uh, they have game two against the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, winning seven four yesterday, and game about to get underway in about ten minutes uh, here on the fifteenth of September. Brewers looking to win the series and uh, uh, win the game tonight and keep pace with the Cubs, who beat the Cincinnati Reds uh, today. And the Brewers uh, running on all cylinders. The offense is doing pretty decent. The the pitching has been outstanding. The bullpen is back to being dominant baseball, and the Brewers with the win tonight will win their eighth straight series wins. And that's pretty much what they need to do. they got to get series wins. Win the series. The sweep would be great. A sweep would be awesome, but focus on winning the series. And one of the biggest reasons why they're winning these series, you know, look at over the last seven days, Curtis Granderson is batting three for six with four runs and a home run. Uh, Domingo Santana is uh, three for six as well. Lorenzo Cain, 10 of 25, batting 400, a 444 on base, 400 slugging, 844 OPS. Mike Moustakis is seven of uh, seven of eighteen, a three eighty nine batting average. Orlando Arcia four four eleven has been much better since coming back from the minors, and Christian Yelich is six for twenty, uh, with two home runs and three RBIs over the course of the last uh, seven days. Jonathan Scope is six RBIs, including a grand slam. Uh, that's his only hit over the last seven days. He's won for his last twelve. And pitching Zach Davies on the mound, and Davies gives them a nice little boost uh, coming back from injury uh, against the Cubs, and Davies gets another start 
and the Brewers pitching doing what we need what we need them to do right now, and that's all we can really ask them to do. But the Brewers, if they you know if they continue to play like this, they do have a shot at the division, and they do uh, likely going to get the wild card. And it's just been an exciting Brewer season, and you know loving this Brewer season. You know, before I jump on to the Packers now moving on, talk some Wisconsin Badgers. The Wisconsin Badgers loses 24-21 to to unranked BYU. The BYU came into Camp Randall unranked, and they get the victory 24-21. to And it's like the Badgers came in today just napping. It, it, it really, to me, that's what it looked like. The Badgers came in napping, expecting that they were just going to walk out onto the field and win. I think they got caught looking ahead coming up to the Iowa Hawkeyes game next uh, next Saturday night out in Iowa City. I think they got caught ahead looking to that game, and they came out completely flat, completely dominated on offense, dominated on defense, dominated every aspect of this game. And Tanner Magnum goes 12-22 for 89 yards passing, but the big... Uh, Backbreaker Oliva Hiffel one for one for thirty one yards and a touchdown. You know that was a trick play that Wisconsin had no answers for. Then you have uh, Squally Canada eleven carries for one hundred and eighteen yards, two touchdown, averaging ten point seven yards per carry. Hiffel, who I mentioned already, had five carries for forty five yards and nine yards per carry. Those two guys right there offensively is why Wisconsin won. Wisconsin could, I mean, why Wisconsin lost and BYU won. Wisconsin had no answer for those two. And Tanner Magnum, every time it looked like they had a shot to get him down, he somehow escaped pressure and either made a big throw that was completed for a first down or uh, threw the ball away to preserve a uh, very long uh, situation. And then Wisconsin, Alex Hornibrook, he's looking like Alex Hornibrook of uh, many, many times last year. He's very inconsistent, and inconsistent he was. 18 of 28 for 190 yards and an interception, and the interception was ugly. I don't think of any other way I could put it. He was overthrowing receivers, underthrowing receivers. He almost threw over Jonathan Taylor's head on a basic throw uh, on a, a dump away. And uh, Taylor ended up getting nothing. And I don't think Taylor was in the rest of the game after that. But Taylor, 26 for 117. Uh, Groyshik, 6 for 45. And Pryor, 1 for 21. That Kendrick Pryor 21-yard uh, run was the really the bi- only big play Wisconsin had on offense. You know, Wisconsin's one that's normally going to grind it out, grind it out, grind it out, and then bust a big play or two offensively. They couldn't do it. They couldn't get the big play, the big back-breaking play. BYU defense, give them credit. They did a great job keeping Wisconsin's offense slow. They forced Wisconsin to punt four times, and Rafael Gaglioni misses the field goal that would have tied it and sent it likely into overtime. And, you know, Gaglioni is a very reliable kicker for Wisconsin. When it came to it, the Stars just did not align for Wisconsin to get the win. And like I said, they slept walk through this game, and they deserve to lose. I'm just going to be blunt here. I'm the biggest Badger fan you would ever see. The Badgers deserved to lose this game. They deserved to. They they were horrible. They were they got outcoached and dominated in every aspect of this game. And tip your hat to BYU. Very physical team. Very aggressive team. Very well coached team. And 
Paul Christ, love Paul Christ, but he looked awful today. His game plan was awful. BYU punched him in the mouth, and he found a corner to go hide in and cry about being punched in the mouth. He had no answer for anything BYU did. And now Wisconsin's playoff hopes, which it was a long shot anyway, but Wisconsin's playoff hopes is now officially done. So now we can stop talking about can the Badgers make the college football playoffs, and now we can just focus on winning these games and hoping to get into a Big Ten title game once again. And this game against Iowa would be a, a huge telling if they have a shot at the Big Ten championship once again, or I should say playing in the Big Ten title game, winning the Big Ten West once again. If Iowa beats Wisconsin next week, Wisconsin's Big Ten cha- uh, playing for the Big Ten championship uh, dream is pretty much over too. So, you know, Iowa game next week is going to be a huge game for Wisconsin. You know, the now moving to the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers get a twenty-four to twenty-three win over the Chicago Bears uh, last Sunday night, and there was a <clears throat> the game was as about as big of a tale of two halves as you could imagine. That's really what it was—a tale of two halves. The Packers came out pretty much how the Badgers played today. Extremely flat, extremely underprepared, extremely uh, un- outcoached for most of that uh, first quarter. Defensively, the Packers figured it out and they slowed and shut Chicago down after they started getting uh, you know smart here with their adjustments. You know, Chicago was looking for the Packers to run a lot of man coverage on third down. And uh, the Packers stopped running man coverage on third down. They started running some zone coverage, and they took away Mitch Tabitsky's uh, first read, and Mitchell Tabitsky had no answer after they took away his first initial read. He had no answer, and they they slowed down Jordan Howard uh, quite a bit as the game went on, and Tariq Cohn only had five carries during the game and three catches. The Packers did a good job of taking Cohen out of the game. Trey Burton was only able to get one catch, and the Packers put James Jackson on. uh, They put uh, Josh Jackson, I'm sorry, on uh, on Trey Burton, and he wasn't able to get anything there. Uh, So defensively for Green Bay, the corners played a great football game. Alexander, Jackson, Whitehead. Um, Williams, King, they all played a pretty solid football game. King got beat once, I believe, on a, a pass that Mitchell Chabitsky just missed his guy on. Um, but overall, the secondary played extremely well. The defensive line slow, started slow, but they started playing better as the game went on. The, 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 weak, the weak points of the game was Clay Matthews' effort. Uh, he, did, he did secure the edge a couple times. So let's give Clay Matthews credit where credit's due. He did do a pretty decent job on occasion of securing that edge and shutting the the running back, having to turn, make the running back turn back in. But he wasn't his usual explosive self, and he looked like Father Time was really starting to catch up to him. He, as well as Muhammad Wilkinson and Nick Perry, had boneheaded roughing the passer penalties in the game as well. That could have cost the Packers dearly. Uh, Clay Matthews could have cost the Packers the game. That's how stupid his penalty was. He's trying to tell you that. Well, last year it wouldn't have been a penalty. Well, you know, part of my language here, but bullshit. 
you know, Clay Matthews is high or something, thinking that would not have been a penalty last year. That would have been a penalty last year. That would have been a penalty five years ago. That would have been a penalty ten years ago. You cannot hit the quarterback after he has released the ball. You know, you can't take three or four steps and hit him. He took a two to three. You know, I, 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 I was saying three, but he took two to three steps and hit Chabitsky. And it was stupid. And he... You know, if I'm McCarthy, I'm ripping him a new one. Mike Pettin ripping him a new one, and Nick uh, Nick Perry came in with a huge sack on uh, and forced a fumble on fourth down, uh, basically a redo, and the Packers escaped with the victory. But you know, Clay Matthews has to do better than that. Defensively, it was a great effort in my opinion from Green Bay. They gave up 16 points on off. I mean, on defense. Um, Bears got a third touchdown on a very awkward uh, pick six by Deshaun Kaiser where uh, trying to set up the screen. The screen got blown up completely from the start. And Kaiser, instead of throwing the ball low into the feet of the guys, threw it high and Mack intercepts it and takes it in for the touchdown. But, uh, you know, the the Packers' defense gave up just 16 points, and you got to tip your hats to the Packers' defense. They played outstanding. They made great. They made really good adjustments um, after things started out really bad for Green Bay, and after they made the adjustments, the Bears had no answer, and the Bears offensively couldn't do jack after their Patton made his adjustments. Last year's game, we would have probably saw the Bears just continue to move the ball uh, up and down the field at will and score at will, as I don't know if Capers would have been able to make the necessary adjustments to slow down this Bears attack. And, you know, the thing is, with the first two drives of the game, the second one they held him to a field goal, the Packers had no film on Matt Nagy. You know, yes, he was offensive coordinator in Kansas City, but he was the offensive coordinator, Andy Reid, the head coach, and Reed did the majority of the play calling. So we really didn't have much for film on what Matt Nagy actually does. We didn't have film on that. So it took a little bit to figure out what exactly Matt Nagy was going to do. And to me, the Packers figured it out and shut it down. And it be interesting to see what they do moving forward with the Vikings uh, this coming week, which I'll get to that game in a minute. Now I want to jump to the Packers offensively, which first half was a joke. Um, Aaron Rodgers came out really rusty, it looked like to me. Uh, high throws, missed throws. The Packers running their their usual, let, let's uh, run slow developing routes down the field and look for the big play rather than just finding uh, getting the receivers open and finding open guys. Uh, they they started to adjust after Khalil Mack pretty much, and uh, shouldn't give all the credit to Khalil Mack, but Mack uh, was one of them, and the other one defensive tackle. Um, trying to remember his name right now, um, but uh, Akeem Hicks, Akeem Hicks, and Khalil Mack pretty much shut down the Packers' offense and everything that they wanted to do offensively. So then. And they they changed um, their game plan. They uh, they changed their game plan, and they decided to go to a more quick strike passing game. And to me, it started with um, to me it started with 
when Kaiser is in the game, and part of it uh, was uh, necessary when Kaiser was in the game. Uh, they started this the quick strike passing attack, and they kept it when Rodgers came back in the game in the second half. Now, with Rodgers, it was more out of necessity, um, but I, I don't know and I wonder if Rodgers never hurts his knee, if the Packers even switch to more of a, uh, a pocket base, get the ball out quick passing attack, but they did. And Rodgers looked magnificent, ending 20 of 30 for 286 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Randall Cobb, 9 for 142, 75 yards was his long. Devontae Adams, 5 for 88. And Geronimo Allison, 5 for 69. Uh, Jimmy Graham had two catches for eight yards as the Bears did a good job of taking him out of the Packers' game plan. But you, know, you, you hear it all the time. Did the Packers win the game or did the Bears lose it? <clears throat> to me, it was a little bit of both. That's just my opinion. To me, it was a little bit of both for the Packers I mean, and the Bears. The Packers did win it, and the Bears also did lose it because the Bears, when the Packers made adjustments to adjust to what the Bears were doing, the Packers, I mean, the Bears failed to make adjustments back. So, yeah, I to me, you can say it's both. You can say it is the Bears losing it and the Packers winning it. Mainly, like I said, the Bears failed to make adjustments. So, so with that, Packers now with a hobbled knee uh, sprained MCL, it's looking like Aaron Rodgers take on the Minnesota Vikings at home. And what are we going to expect from Aaron Rodgers? The Minnesota Vikings, as we all know, is very nasty defense. Very nasty defense. They have a, a very stout front seven. They have a very good corner in, you know, they have a very good cornerback uh, in um, Xavier Rhodes, a really good safety in Harrison Smith. And the Vikings are a team that can get after you and make you uncomfortable. Uh, and Harrison Smith, he had a sack last week against the 49ers. Daniel Hunter had a sack last week against the 49ers. Sheldon Richardson had a half a sack. Everson Griffin had a half a sack. They get after it. And they, they force turnovers. Now, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo played a horrible game. And as part of some of his three interceptions were to me just more unforced errors. He played through bad balls, and the Vikings took advantage of some of those, not discrediting what the Vikings did. But the Vikings are a strong team, and they got a strong running game with Delvin uh, Delvin Cook back, who's really good at catching the ball out of the backfield. He had six catches for 55 yards, and the Vikings will love to get him involved in the passing game. And uh, Latavius Murray is a bruising running back who can uh, really uh, keep the chains and the clock moving. Adam Thielen is a good down-the-field threat. Uh, Six catches for 102 against the the Redskins. And Stephon Diggs, three catches for 43 yards. He's a guy that can bust open a game. And Kyle Rudolph is a very talented tight end. So the Packers have their hands full offensively and defensively. You know, not saying Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback, but Kirk Cousins is probably the best quarterback the Packers have faced in a Vikings uniform in quite some time. You know, Teddy Bridgewater had a lot of potential, but 
uh, never was able to stay fully healthy, uh, and then he had the knee, a horrific knee injury. Um, so Bridgewater could have been that guy, but really, I think Kirk Cousins is probably the best quarterback the Vikings have had since that 2009 uh, Brett Favre. You know, 2010 Brett Favre was awful, but that 2009 Brett Favre who uh, tore tore it up. I think Cousins is probably the best quarterback they've had since him. And I know it's not all uh, that hard to be the best quarterback since Favre, but he's just he brings it down. You know, he can throw the ball down the field. You know, uh, you know he opens up the offense a little bit more than a Case Keenum did. But the Vikings' offensive line is beat up. Uh, they are they are beat up a bit, and that's going to be probably uh, the 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 tipping point of the game is if the Packers can take advantage of the Vikings' offensive line being beat up. Now the front four, front three, uh, whatever the front seven for the Packers did not do a great job of getting after the quarterback last week. However, um, this week should be different. The Vikings' the offensive line is not as good as the Bears. So this could be a game where Mike Daniels and Mohamed Wilkinson combined and Kenny Clark, those three combined to have huge games and make Case Keenum's day uh, a living a living hell. So um, that is what they can't. I mean, uh, Kirk Cousins' day a living hell, not Case Keenum. That was last year, not this year. So my apologies there. So it's been a long date for me as I was officiating some football games this morning in extremely hot weather. So if I trail off a little bit on some of my thoughts, that's the reason why. Now, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, with uh, game plan-wise, what they need to do is pretty much do similar to what they did against the uh, the Bears. Play out of the pistol a lot. Play out of the... Uh, Play out of the pistol formation a lot. That's one of the things they need to do, which that's what they only thing they can do. But they got to run out of that formation. They got to get the running game going if they can. You know, with Williams and uh, and Ty Montgomery, they got to get Ty Montgomery involved in the passing game and just get the ball out. Let your receivers make plays. Uh, whoever Xavier Rhodes is on, which which is likely going to be Devontae Adams. Adams is probably not going to be able to get involved too much in the game. So you got to get Cobb, you got to get Allison, you got to get Jimmy Graham, uh, those guys involved in the game. Get the ball in their hands and let them make plays. So it's, you know, Rodgers practice today. It's looking like uh, Rodgers is likely going to play. I would get, if he does not play, I'll be quite surprised. Um, but for the Porter, for the Packers to win. Like I said, do the same game plan you did in the second half against Chicago with Rodgers. That's what's going to have to happen for the the Packers in order to try to get this. Uh, uh, that's you know that needs to happen. So the Vikings probably a better talent overall. They they're they're deeper, better depth. But at the end of the day, I think the Packers do win it. You know, it's in Green Bay. Rodgers, uh, I think, is going to probably play the game of his life. He is cranky and mad at this Minnesota Viking team, the team that took him out of uh, last year where he missed uh, all but one game after the uh, game in Minnesota last year. No, I'm not saying they did it deliberately, Viking fans, so back off. But they took Rodgers out, and Rodgers is heated. He's mad. He wants to, you know, he has a chip on his shoulder. And I've learned... 
You never bet against Aaron Rodgers when he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. You just don't. It's not a good idea. It's definitely not a good idea to bet against Rodgers in that situation. You know, the Packers need to protect the football. They can't, ha- they can't have turnovers. You do not want to put the ball in a talented team like the Vikings' hands. Um, the defense feasts off turnovers. So you just want to make sure you protect the football. And uh, you know, Cousins can't run quite like um, Mitchell Chibitsky could. So he shouldn't be able to extend as many plays. And I just feel the Packers are going to play better in the trenches in this game. And they're going to get the victory. Now, my prediction for Packer victory, it's going to be a low scorer. I think it's going to be probably the 21-13, uh, 21-17 type game. But I think the Packers get the win. So what are your thoughts? Feel free to follow me on Twitter at Evan Witt Sports. That's at Evan Witt Sports. Feel free to give me a follow. Let me know what you think of the Packers-Vikings uh, game. Let me know what you think about the the embarrassing loss the Badgers had today. And do you think the, the Brewers can catch the Cubs and win the division? Or is it just going to be a wild card for them? So with that, I appreciate you all for listening. And I will uh, get back at you later.